Hello. Good morning. Do I sound like Ngongo? <laughs> anyway, um, John Wilmot said that before he got married, he had six theories about having children. After six children, he has no theories at all. <laughs> How many of us were like that? <laughs> and this next one is, we're teenagers. Will you raise your hand, please? Teenagers? Uh, it's Sunday today, you know, you're not supposed to be raising your hands for those who are not. Maybe in the mind you still remain to be teenagers and boys will be boys. <laughs> All right, here's from Mark Twain. Mark Twain, where are you? Sorry, song, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> oh, okay. One more. There you go. Is that Mark Twain now? All right, he said, When I was a boy of 14, teenagers, my father was so ignorant. That I could hardly stand to have the old man around. That sounds familiar. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. <laughs> I hope that will sink in maybe sooner or later. Those of you who raise your hand, oh, what are you saying? When you get to 21, the teen years, remember, are the crazy years. Hallelujah, all the parents after that, right? <laughs> amen. I heard one said amen. I like this one. A father is a guy who has a snapshots of his children where his money used to be. <laughs> Those of you who laugh, I know why. And this one's from the alien. Can you read it? Okay. Isn't that true? Can you read the one that's the bubble inside? Not my baby. What did Michael Jackson say? Billie Jean, not my son. All right. However, in the eyes of children, take a look at this one. Oops, there you go. A father just going off to work. Look at the son. In the eyes of the children, their daddy is Superman. A superhero doing super jobs every day as he goes out there. Amen? Fathers, aren't we doing super jobs? Wherever that is. And hopefully, really super. Look at the twinkle in the eyes of this uh, kid. And how about this one? Daddy, you said you'd take us to the park. How many of you kids said that to your dad? Don't raise your hand. But look at this one. Even Superman takes a time out for his children. Hopefully, we can also do that to ours. 
And lastly, this is my favorite. The monsters are gone. Really? Said the kid doubtly or doubtful. I killed the monsters. That's what fathers do. Isn't that nice? And with that, happy Father's Day to all of the fathers. I would like to um, let all the fathers stand uh, for now. If you're a father, would you please stand up so we can honor you? Fathers, not fathers to be yet, those of you who are not married, not yet. <laughs> if you're married and you'll be father to be, that's okay. But if you're not married yet, nope. Not here. Okay. All right. So look, at, look around us uh, again, ladies and children, look around. These are the fathers in our church. Let's give them another round of applause. Remain standing, please, uh, fathers. I believe we do have some gifts. Um, this is a courtesy of Christy O'Connor. Where's Christy? There you go. Christy, thank you very much. And please remain standing. We're not done yet. This is just a few moments that you'll be standing during the service for the longest time. <laughs> All right, as the gifts are being delivered, make sure that the uh, kids, make sure that everyone uh, receives one. Not the one that's asking for it, okay? Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. Fathers, uh, thank you to Christy for giving all of these gifts. And the ladies who also had the thoughts. Thank you very much. Okay. I would like to, congregation, I want you to join me in praying for our fathers. Would you please... Uh, Extend your hands so that uh, we can pray for all the fathers uh, in this um, uh, church this morning. Father, we praise your name and thank you. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that you have given all the fathers, Lord, the opportunity to be dads, O oh Lord. And as we have seen, Lord God, the cartoons, Lord God, depicting how fathers are non-existent, if at all, O oh Lord. We pray that all of the fathers standing here right now, O oh Lord, facing you and calling upon your name, we'll take it upon ourselves to pledge to you and the children that we will take our responsibilities and our job description as a father seriously. Thank you, Father God. Bless us. Equip us, for we know, Lord God, the responsibility is great. But you are greater than our responsibilities. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Before we continue on with the, uh, the message, there are two uh, tributes, or I would say testimonies, that uh, I would like to call. There are two Two children, one of them is not a child anymore, but still a child of the father, of his father. 
although he's a grown-up already. The first one I would like to call on Isabella VR. Good morning. Good morning. My, <laughs> my name is Isabella VR, and in honor of Father's Day, I would like to say a few things about my dad, Alex VR. First of all, he's good at fixing things. Recently, thanks to my little sisters, my bed broke, like completely collapsed. He came in and fixed it in under 20 minutes. My dad is also excellent at math. Sometimes when he teaches me, he explains it even better than what my teachers tell me. <laughs> he is always encouraging me and helping me in my schoolwork. Once a month, my dad takes me out on a date and I get to pick the place. My favorite place is Starbucks. <laughs> I usually get the mocha cookie crumble, which my mom would never let me get. His favorite thing to get at Starbucks is the tall cafe mocha. My little sisters also go on dates with my dad too. Something else to describe my dad is funny. He is constantly making me laugh with funny faces and jokes. I would like to close with one of my favorite verses to encourage you, Dad. Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Thank you, and I love you, Dad. Happy Father's Day. Ah, good job. All right. I guess somebody is doing a good job of fathering. All right. Hey, kudos to you, Alex, out there. All right. I'd like to call on uh, Mike Salvador, the son of our late pastor, Pastor Danny Salvador. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, morning, everyone. My name is uh, Michael Salvador. I'm a husband and a father of one. Uh, when I was asked by Tito Romy to write a short testimony, I just I got a little worried because I know it will be very emotional, but I will try not to. <clears throat> As most of you know, my dad passed away two months ago, and it all happened very fast. And I miss him, and I feel like there were still too many things left for him to teach me, since I'm barely starting my own family. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but I guess God has important stuff for him to do there. Plus, in heaven, there's no diabetes and arthritis, so he's probably having the best time of his life with the food and all. I remember the first time when my wife and I moved in together. Uh, my parents were still staying in Maryland. I'd call my dad from time to time to ask a lot of stuff, how things are done. And um, because my brothers and I were all depending on him when we were growing up, he'd be the one to have our cars maintained, remind us about registrations and insurances and licenses and house payments, all those dad stuff. I learned a lot from him about life. He was the one who taught me how to drive, how to play guitar. I even learned a little bit of karate from him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we used to work out together. We, he, he was like my best friend. 
And he's been a Christian since I can remember. So just growing up with him made us know God more and more every day. We'd ask, we'd ask him questions whenever we're confused about our beliefs. He also showed us how, really, how he really loved my mom and how he took care of her. He even let her win arguments sometimes. And most of us know that it's really, really hard to let the wife win on arguments. <laughs> And uh, almost everything that I know today came from him. But the most important thing he's been teaching me since before was to stick to my faith. He always say that God has planned for me, and I always just need to trust on him in everything. And I guess I never learned because after my uh, after my father died, I prayed to God every day to show me through my dreams how my dad was doing in heaven? Is he already with him? Or how happy is he with God? I thought I just wanted to see him for the last time, but I never realized that at the back of my mind, as embarrassing as it sounds, I was, I was already doubting that what if, um, what if God really doesn't exist? Where would be my, my father right now? It was my first time to lose a family member, so I guess Satan used that to to put doubts in my mind. Sorry. And I just kept praying to God still, and after three weeks, he answered me. I had this dream that was almost like reality. God had my dad speak to me. And when I asked him, how can I be so sure that he's already with God? He replied, just faith enough. And I cried my heart out when I woke up. I knew that was it. I knew that was his last reminder for me before he completely said goodbye. And I realized I can teach my daughter, Michaela, everything I know in life. But I should never miss out on that very important thing that she should learn, which is the faith in God. I know my dad is in a much better place right now. And praise God, because he looked much, much more happier than when he was here. I know we'll see each other again. Happy Father's Day to all dads and to God be the glory. Thank you, Mike. <clears throat> We're supposed to be happy and not crying. <laughs> but that's really good uh, testimony. And uh, it really is, you know, um, rightfully to pay tribute to our loved ones. Not when they pass away, if at all if possible, even when they are alive. That would be a good one. All right. Are you ready? Okay. I'm looking for something. Uh, I don't know where it is. Should be here somewhere. Um, hmm. You know where it is, Pastor and Song? It's here? No, it's not here. Really? No, it's not here. Peter, did you see it? No? Brother Henry? Not either? Hmm. 
We have some doctors in the crowd today. Did you see them? What did you do with it? Dr. Anene, what did you do with it? You see, my son was born today. I'm so happy. I'm so ecstatic that I forgot all about the manual. Emilio was asking, what manual? Did your son or your daughter come with a manual? Pastor in song? No? Peter? No? Not anybody received a manual from the doctor when your child was delivered? Oh, man. No wonder we're in trouble. We're supposed to get a manual, isn't it? Everything that we buy from the store. Let's say we go to Home Depot, we buy a cabinet, it comes with the owner's manual. Or you buy a car, it comes with the owner's manual to tell you how to maintain it, or with a cabinet, you have to assemble it. But children do not come with manuals. That is really something. And no wonder, fathers especially, are almost non-existent, I'm talking about here in America, with so many homes that are fatherless. Mothers are left to teach the children and yet go to their jobs, come back, do the housework, take care of the kids. But that's not the topic today. I'm not here to get a hammer, although I'm gonna show you a hammer later not to hit on the head of the fathers, but the children. <laughs> See, I, I hear all the laughter of the kids. Wait, wait a minute. You know, it's, we're not done yet. You will listen also to what I'm going to tell you, okay? All right. Well, it is not my word. It is God's word. Okay. Let's see if we can do that. No, that's done. The title of the message today is Carpenter's Tools in the Hands of a Godly Father. Quite long. The inspiration of this one was uh, from my father, actually. Uh, his hobby was carpentry. When I was growing up, he had a chest of carpenter's tools that he used constantly in the house. He wasn't a carpenter, but that was his hobby. My father was a businessman. But I grew up looking at him fixing stuff in the house. Okay? There is a subtitle, which is equally long, that says, Building Up Children in the Fear of the Lord. In our verse this morning, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Psalm 127 or read with me. Um, let's read it. Psalm 127, 1. Unless the Lord builds the house... The builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Let us pray. Father God, um, it is your words. We ask the Lord God that you bless it. Allow us, the Lord, oh Lord God, to learn as much from it, Lord God, because we need it, Lord God. We pray that you will direct us, Lord God, this morning. And the glory and honor only belongs to you. Thank you, Father God. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Carpenters will not go to any job site without their tools, correct? Just like anybody else. A doctor will not go to the hospital without the stethoscope hanging over his or her neck. Or a soldier will not go to the battlefield without his backpack, without his gears, especially without his guns. Same thing as with the carpenters. They have tools. Okay? And the tools of the trade of a carpenter is number one is a measuring tape. If I can open it here. Measuring tape. What's a measuring tape for? You'll answer that later on. Okay? The next one is a saw. You'll see something that you may have not seen before. A different kind of saw. Not the traditional one, but a small one because that mine, the other one is too big. Okay, but this one, as tiny as it is, is very sharp. Okay, it has teeth that are really sharp. And I can tell you and assure you that it can cut wood because someone will try to do that later. The next one is hammer. The hammer is not used to pound the head of children. Maybe fathers sometimes. <laughs> but it is used to drive the nails onto the wood so that they will stick together. Correct? That's what it's used for. So use it properly, not improperly. And the last one is a brush. Not for the face, but for the walls. So all of these things are tools of the trade of carpenters. It is needed because they need to build a house. You don't want to build a house or your house. When you charge a carpenter to build a house, it has to have the foundation, the walls, the roof. It has to be standing straight, not leaning this way. Unlike the leaning tower of Pisa. Okay. So we have that. What is measuring tape? There you go. A godly father measures his children's personalities, likes or dislikes, character, attitudes, etc. That's what the measuring tape is for, as a measure. It means to set standards, expectations, boundaries, to know figure out, to evaluate, teach, guide, and instruct. That's the measuring stick. Before, you have the yardstick or the meter stick, just one like that. More modernly is this one. You can put right on the belt, and you see the carpenters with that in their uh, belt gadget, and they're all hanging in there in one place. So they, it's very handy, and you can actually measure very long on this one. It's, this one is 25 feet. On the old way, meter stick, it's only limited to whatever that size is. But that's still a standard, okay? That's still a standard. Could you imagine if carpenters use their own set of measure? Meaning, uh, let's say for example, uh, Brother Tony here has his own measuring tape, different than mine. 
Do you know the legend of the ruler? Have you heard about it? This one? This is 12 inches. That's one foot, isn't it? Okay. Like that, one foot. Well, once upon a time, as all legends and fairy tale stories go, there was a king. And in the old days, kings are tall, big, burly, strong. Whatever they say, it's the word, it's the law. There were three characters in the story. The king, the princess, although silent, and the royal carpenter. Well, one day, the king said, my princess's birthday is coming up. Like today, birthday. Or someone, Jonah, on Sunday? The 20th? Okay. It's coming up. So he has a present for the princess. And the present was a pony. Now he wanted to build a royal stall for the pony. So he called the royal carpenter and said, I want you to build a royal stall for the pony. And the measurement is this, 15 feet that way and 10 feet this way. So the royal carpenter said, sure, no problem, I can do that. After many days, the royal carpenter came to the king and said, your highness, the royal stall is done. I want you to see it. With all excitement, the king came and with astonishment, he looked at the stall and said, what have you done? The carpenter got so pale because you know what will happen? He said, that is too small for the pony. But the carpenter said, you told me 15 feet long, 10 feet wide. Yes, that's the measurement. The problem is what? Okay, so here's what happened. Did the king cut the foot of the carpenter, Emilio? No. You see, the problem is a different set of measures. The king's foot is this long or this big, and the carpenter was only this. So naturally, if you say the same word, 15 feet, but on the basis of the carpenter, not the king's, so the measure, one, two, three, four, 15, okay, that's it. And one, two, three, 10, that's it. Too small because the carpenter's feet were only this. The king's was this. The expectation of both are the same because the king believed that it's going to be that much, whereas the carpenter was only this much. Both are correct. Nobody will blame the carpenter. So being, being gracious, the king said, all right, all right, I see the problem. The problem was when they put their feet together, he saw the difference because the royal carpenter was only this high or this tall. So naturally, the feet were only small. So then he made a decree and said, from now on, we're going to have a standard. That is the outcome of the ruler. That's why it's called a, a ruler. Ruler, king. Get it? <laughs> All right. No, the king did not cut the feet of the carpenter. 
But then he decreed, sorry, this is the only uh, food that I can find. It's not the king's one. <laughs> the king's food is called a ruler. By the same measure in Matthew 7, 1, the same measure you will be judged. That's why it says in there, do not judge others because for the same measure that you judge others, you will also judge. Okay? So we have to be careful with that. All right, let's go to the next one. We are also charged in 1 Timothy 5.21. I charge you in the sight of God and Christ Jesus and the elect angels to keep these instructions without partiality and do nothing out of favoritism. Well, I'm actually, I plead guilty for that favoritism. My son is my favorite, sorry to say. Because I only have one. It's easy for me to say, but to those of you who have multiple, then at least if you have a boy and girl, you can say, my favorite son, my favorite daughter. That's it. No, no quarrel about that. But if you have more than three, then Peter, <laughs> I salute you. All right. So do not play favorites because it will certainly come back or others will sting you for that later on. Okay. When we set standards, it has to be for everybody. It cannot be for the firstborn only, although in the Old Testament, what does it say? The Old Testament is only focused on the firstborn male, not the firstborn daughter. The firstborn male because the firstborn male is the heir to whatever it is that they have okay it is the pride of the family so for today and for the rest of the time that we have because we now live in the New Testament time it is by grace that we are now what charged or measured but don't go back to the Old Testament wherein we play favorites Play the standard game. That's why there are rules. In the NBA, which they're going to play today, I have never seen a, uh, a finals yet uh, this season. They have rules. You cannot just call foul if it's not, but sometimes they do. You go out in the streets, the same rule applies. If it's 45 miles an hour, it's 45 miles an hour. You cannot go 50 on that. Well, you can, but you know that someone will catch you. Okay? So it is the standard that we have to play with. In Joshua 24, 14 to 15, and you know this. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for who you will worship, whether the God of the Amorites in whose land you are living Remember where they, they are in, in the, uh, the Canaan now? Or in whose land you are living? And here's the punctuation mark in there. What did Joshua say after that? But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is the standard that I want all of us, especially fathers, because we are the ones mandated by God to be the head of our household correct but if we do not 
allow it or we do not let ourselves to be the one that will be the spiritual father to our wife, then to our children, then what happened? That's why homes are in ruins. That's why children do not follow their fathers because sometimes there are no fathers at home even if physically they are there. Okay? In Proverbs, it says, Proverbs 1, 7, 9, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Remember, children, what I said? You also have a part in this. What does it say? Listen for the instruction. Okay? The instruction is the one that will let you know. That's the manual that I was looking for earlier. I'm looking under the table here. I couldn't find it. I'm looking at the delivery room when the doctor delivered my, my baby and gave to me. And maybe with all of the excitement, he threw the manual away together with the placenta. I don't know what they did with it. But I'm sure not, all, not any one of you received that. Look at the passage. The mandate is for fathers to instruct their children. Mothers too, but it was your day last month, so this one is for fathers. But take a closer look at this. The admonition is also for the children. Listen, my son. The Ten Commandments also said, Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And then we can also find that in Ephesians. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life. Kids, how many of you would like to have long life? Children. It's only one, two, three. What about the others? I'm expecting all the children, including us, we're all children, we should be raising our hands. Why? We want to have long life. Long, productive, hopefully positive, happy, joyful life serving the Lord. Only one of you raise your hand. That means you don't want to honor your father and your mother? No. Maybe you're just um, embarrassed to raise your hand. Okay? But you should and we all should. Okay? So we will enjoy long life. Okay? However, it says in there what? Honor your father. What did Pastor Reggie say last Sunday? Obey what? Obey tomorrow? Obey next month? No. Your father told you to throw the trash outside. Uh, later, I'm still doing my homework, even though your homework is doing like this. Um, wash the dishes now. Uh, yeah, in a little bit. Have you washed the dishes? In a little bit. It becomes on and on and on. No. When your parents... I should be getting some cheers from parents right now. Woohoo! <laughs> when your parents say, go and throw the trash, obey now, throw the trash. Wash the dishes now. Do you want me to wash the dishes now, mom? Uh, your mom will probably pass out. <laughs> 
All right. Here's something that I want you to think about. This is from Jeffrey Hill. It says, finally, coming to terms with Father's Day. I blow as a dad. I get it. No, I'm not an evil, abusive father. It's just that while all my intentions and thoughts have been out of love for my kids, my actions and behavior never measured up. Hopefully it will sink in. And here's one thing. See, out of love. However, it does not really come out the way that sometimes we fathers want it to be. For so many reasons. One of them could be how we were parented as a child. For most, or maybe if not most, a lot of the fathers that are here in this room right now, our fathers were in a different generation. Just like what our children are saying to us right now. You're from a different generation, Dad. That's way old like that. Remember, we said that to our father as well. Different generation. So if your father was not as expressive, I tried the same way. I said, when I become a father, or when I became a father, I will be different. I will not treat my son the way I was parented. It's not that uh, my father was bad. But his generation was just different. In my generation, our generation right now, hopefully we'll learn something better. But guess what? I still went back a little bit to the way that I was parented. The good thing is my wife, Susan, had the wisdom to tell me, if you're not going to take time, build a relationship with your son, if you're just gonna be working and going to school, your son will grow without a father. That hit me like a hammer hitting my head. And I was so scared, so that's why Instead of taking two courses for my master's, I took one. I enrolled in a program that's one, it's only a one year and a half program. Because I was so scared, I just took in seven. Not seven months, seven years. I almost got kicked out of school. <laughs> anyway, I want you to take a look at this next one. Dr. Dobson, if you know him, he was the founder of Focus in the Family. He's not there anymore, he retired, but he was the founder of that. And the influence on the other doctors like Dr. Henry Cloud, you know, the Mirnet um, Clinic, he said, Dr. Henry Cloud said this, and John Townsend says in here. Dr. Henry Cloud and John Townsend teach that as a rule, Children don't know what they are doing. They have little idea how to handle life so that it works right. That's why God gave them parents to love them, give them structure, and guide them in maturity. It's based, based on Focus on the Family website adopted from Boundaries 
with kids by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend, May and June 1999 of the Physicians Magazine. One of Dr. Dobson's teachings in one of his seminars was ask the kids, the teenagers during that time, especially the ones that got in trouble or living a troubled life. He asked them, what was it that you wished your parents told you or taught you? You know what they said? Teenagers, do you have any idea? One word, they said boundaries. What are boundaries? Everything is boundary. We are bounded by the walls of this room. We're bounded by the middle, the, the, uh, the lines out in the street that you cannot cross over. Otherwise, you get what? You get into an accident. We are bounded by rules, and those are boundaries. You know what happened? The kids that have absentee fathers in their homes just did what they wanted to do to their unfortunate misfortune. What happened? So they said, oh, I can do whatever I want. They went into try drugs, alcohol, and whatever. Their life became bad. They got in trouble with that. And then later on, when they grew up a little bit, when they turned 21, now they realized something was wrong. They looked back into their life when they were growing up and they said, my father should have taught me this. My father should have taught me that I have limits on the things that I can do. But you know what? Don't fault the father so much. Because children, also, you have responsibilities. And that is to what? To listen. No matter what fathers and parents teach you, if your ears are closed, nothing will go in between you. And that's the reason why when Dr. Dobson mentioned that and said that boundaries and I hope for you, those of you who are with children that are still young, you still have time. For the children that are already grown up, for parents that are, have their grown children, it's still not too late. Build the relationship back. And we'll go on to that later on. Okay? Boundaries are very important for children. The next thing that we have is the saw. And I would like to call on our super dad, Brother Henry. He's going to do something. I didn't see that one. Uh, can you put it up again? Because my eyes are bad. <laughs> All right. I'm going to instruct uh, Brother Henry to do something for me. I will give him all the carpenter's tools and... I'm not going to tell you what he will do, but uh, I'll give this to him, and then he will come back uh, in a little while. Yeah, thank you, bro. Okay, thank you. All right. Let's move on. So the saw. What is the saw? The saw is to, it's a tool used to cut 
Trim to size, wood of any size, top and kind to suit the need of a building project. Whatever it is, okay? A godly father uses a saw to trim to size, character, attitudes. Let me say that again. Trim to size, attitudes of children to conform to moral and legal norms of society. Trim to size means discipline. One of the, the failures of parents is to discipline children because children naturally in their hearts and in their minds, they really want to be disciplined, but not the way that the other world is doing, not the abuse, okay? But in order for us to be able to train them, because the Bible tells that, to train our children, to discipline them, we have to do it. It may be painstaking, but we have to do it. In 1 Corinthians says, What do you prefer? Children, listen to this one. Shall I come to you with a rod of discipline, or shall I come in love and with a gentle spirit? What's your choice? The choice is yours. I cannot make one for you. But if you obey now and not later, I think it will be what? A gentle spirit. What about the hammer? A godly father uses hammer to instill in his children the word of God to direct them as they grow. To instill means to impress ideas, principles, or teachings on somebody's mind. The pounding of the nail onto the wood. If there are two woods in there, will stick. You continue to pound and pound. The same way as the word of God. If we, if we teach to them daily, then hopefully it will stick. And how are we going to do that? Take a look. In Proverbs it says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And also it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And you know this? What's the... What's the Continuation. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Okay. How do we hammer that to our kids? Here are some principles. Number one, parents, read the Bible with them daily. Number two, pray with them daily. Number three, Model daily Bible reading and prayer. So everything is what? Daily. We have to do it daily. In Deuteronomy it says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as a symbol in your hands, on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land of the Lord. Swore to you, swore to give you ancestors as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. Do you like this house? What do you notice? Made of wood? What else? Who is that? 
No fence around it. What else? Where may be on the other side? It needs a what? Somebody mentioned something. It needs a paint job. Okay? Needs a paint job. While well, you're tracking with me. Okay, remember the last one that I said earlier the, 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 of the points? This one is an unpainted house. But that, take a look at the next one. Hill is familiar with this. San Francisco, the colored homes in painted homes in San Francisco. Which one is better? This one? Where would you rather live? On the painted house. Why? Because it looks finished, it looks lived compared to the other one. Okay? Now the brush, which is our next point, you'll wonder what is the brush? has to do what has brass got to do with our points we have the measuring uh, tape to set the standard we have the saw to cut or to trim to size to discipline we have the hammer to impart to our children the principles and the precepts of the law and what about the brush the brush cannot do all of those things but it can do something a godly father uses a brush to apply finishing touches to the life of his children. You like that? Because not everything is measuring, cutting, or pounding. It has to have encouragement as well. Look, finishing touches is love, gentleness, and embrace. In Ephesians 6.4, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. What is exasperate? To make them angry. To make them make distance from us. I like this uh, um, quote from Vera Nazarian. Love is made up of three unconditional properties in equal measure. Number one is acceptance. Number two, understanding. Number three, appreciation. Remove any one of the three and the triangle falls apart. Which, by the way, is something highly inadvisable. Think about it. Do you really want to live in a world of only two dimensions? We need to give affirmations to our children at the right moment. And encouragement at the time of failure. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. I don't know if uh, Brother Henry is already finished with what he is doing, but uh, <laughs> I probably should have given him. Uh, <laughs> Plenty of time to do that. Um, my miscalculation. I, I apologize for that. But let's go back to the last, to the first point that I, I, I shared with you earlier. The basis of our study for this uh, morning. And what was that? Psalm 127, verse 1, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labors in vain. And I changed it a little bit. 
unless fathers build build up spiritual foundation their home will be in ruins as we celebrate father's day today and there are unresolved issues between you and your father or mother so i'm talking to the children right now this is the perfect opportunity for reconciliation as the prodigal son who went away squandered his inheritance and after he squandered his inheritance came to his senses and said the servants in my father's house are in better situation than myself and he thought that I will come back he repented he asked the Lord for forgiveness and he decided that he will go back to his father unbeknown to the son the father was always looking at the roadway hoping that one day his son will come back and true enough that one day when the son was on the road going towards his house or his home the father saw him still far and yet what he what did he do he ran and met the son put on the signet ring on his finger that means restoration of sonship put on the robe and the sandal signifying welcome back and then they had a feast today can be that day if fathers and children will humble our hearts Remove the pride. Kneel down before the Lord and pray. I want everybody to bow your heads uh, with me right now. Do you have anything to confess to your father? And father, take the time to heal the relationship that your children so look up to. Bring to the Lord all your cares, just like the prodigal son, restored by his father by giving him a signet ring, signifying his sonship and a robe and sandal as a welcome sign of being the son, lost yet found. I pray, Father God, this morning that you will restore the relationships of fathers and children, O oh Lord God. We ask all the fathers, Lord God, especially today, Lord, that you will all of us with the Holy Spirit the Lord and let the Holy Spirit indwell in us so that in every choice in every decision in every instruction in every teaching that we will give our children give us the leadership the wisdom so that we will not exasperate them and in turn oh Lord I pray that children will humble themselves as well. Come run to your fathers and pray and ask for forgiveness as well and build that relationship that only fathers and children can have. And for any one of us here that has not known the Lord yet, I pray that you will Humble yourself as well. 
if this is your first time to be here, the Lord God has a plan for all of us. And that plan is for your salvation and mine. It is for everybody. But for everybody that will receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And if you want to pray a prayer of thanksgiving and a prayer of acceptance, wherever you are seated in this room, pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I pray, Father God, for your acceptance. I know that I am a sinner. I know, Lord God, that I offended you. And I believe in Jesus. He is the Savior that suffered and died on the cross for my sins. And I ask for forgiveness. And I ask that you receive me as I receive you. And from now on, O oh Lord, guide me, protect me. Think of me. And I pray, Father God, that as I receive you as my Savior today, that you will also be the Lord of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. And we have our super dad that he did something that uh, I asked him to do, and he built a house. Thank you, Brother Henry. Look at that. So do you like this house? Or do you like this better? It's painted. Maybe the paint is not really sharp, but it's painted. You see the difference? There you go. So fathers, build your house. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Romy. Oops. Why did it take 